Chapter 27. Munchgummery. You've reached Alan Montgomery. Please leave a message. He'll get back to you almost as fast as he drives. Blue didn't leave a message. Sometimes the unanswered calls made him feel hot all over, like someone had poured him full of gasoline and lit a match. Today, he couldn't find that feeling. He couldn't find much of anything on the inside except for a sick heaviness. He trudged back upstairs, trying to think of things that made him angry. He wanted that heat to burn away the worry. Even the lime green paint spilled on the banisters wasn't enough to make him mad. He tripped over one of Chet's cowboy boots, but it was hard to be angry with the three-year-old. He caught a whiff of the smelly cousin's stench on the second floor and tried to work himself up over that. But Blue couldn't hate someone for something they couldn't help. Out of habit, he stopped to give Howard's door its usual kick. Everyone knew that Ma Myrtle wanted to see Baggett Flat beaten at eating his own swamp cakes. Howard actually had a talent that could help them out, and instead of using it, he was being selfish. The little smiley face painted on Howard's electrified doorknob grinned. Annoyance sparked inside Blue. He kicked the door again. Selfishness, he thought. That's it. Howard won't share his room. He won't do his part to impress Ma Myrtle. He kicked the door harder. A stinging ache radiated out from the stitched-up gash on his shin. That did it. Here Blue was, fighting so hard against his fate that he had 39 stitches running up his leg, and Howard was hiding out in his own private room because he was too stuck up to eat a few stupid pancakes. Blue switched to his good leg and gave the door a, a solid kick that made his bones shake. The door rattled in its frame. Hey! Howard shouted from inside the room. Stop it! Blue kicked again. His foot was going to be bruised, and it was all Howard's fault. Don't make me come out there, Blue, Howard shouted. I'm not kidding. Blue kicked one more time. Crack. There was a splintering sound. Blue couldn't see the damage, but he knew the sound meant he was winning. He was breaking down Howard's door. Howard shouted something Blue couldn't hear over the fire that had suddenly roared to life inside of him. The fire wanted him to do it. It wanted him to turn Howard's door into kindling. He backed all the way up to the wall opposite Howard's room. It was going to be like in the movies. He was going to throw his whole body at the door and explode into the room in a shower of wood chips. He lunged forward just as a furious Howard yanked the door open. Blue smashed into his cousin instead of the door, and the two of them flew backward into the room. Blue leapt up ready to defend himself from Howard's wrath, but Howard was scrambling across the floor to slam the door shut behind them, and he didn't look angry. He looked panicked. He jerked the bolt and reached for a tangle of wires that Blue guessed were his electrocution system. Then he leaned back against the door, closed his eyes, and took a deep breath. "'What's the matter with you?' Blue demanded. His eyes were taking in the rest of Howard's bedroom. It was full of stuff that didn't make sense. There was a barbell in one corner and an old television in the other. It had insane pain fitness discs stacked on top of it. The box of moon pies Millie Flat had sent over weeks ago was beside them unopened. And against the opposite wall, a jumbo-sized trash bag bulged with garbage. It was so stuffed that the white plastic had stretched thin and the contents were almost visible. Blue could identify the previous night's sweet potato souffle by its orange color, and there was a stick of beef jerky poking out of the top of the bag. What is all this? Howard groaned and slid down the door to sit at the base of it with his face in his hands. Blue realized then that he was wearing workout clothes, and he was sweaty. Why would you work out, he asked. I mean, your whole talent is staying healthy no matter what you eat. I just really like to exercise, Howard said into his hands. Blue frowned. You like to do workouts called insane pain? 
Howard nodded. But it's some kind of a secret? Blue's brain couldn't wrap itself around the problem. Why had Howard hidden sweet potatoes in his room? Had he just taken a plate up and then realized he didn't want to eat it? And Blue sniffed. Why was Howard keeping garbage up here when it smelled here when it smelled like it should have been thrown away days ago? Don't tell the others, Howard said. Please, you can't. Well, I mean, it's weird that you would lift weights if you don't need to, said Blue, but I don't see why the others would care. Because, said Howard, finally looking up, Blue, uh, I lied about it. About the weightlifting? No, Howard moaned. About my talent. Every couple of generations, someone gets eaten, said Howard, aiming a can full of glorious gardenia air freshener at the garbage bag. By the alligator, by Munch. Blue, who had been flipping through the stack of exercise videos, looked up. What? I said someone gets eaten by the alligator, Howard hissed. That's ridiculous, said Blue. I've never heard of that. Because your dad is so interested in the rest of us, Howard said sarcastically. I'm sure he'll tell you, he tells you family stories all the time. Blue didn't know what to say. Howard tossed the air freshener onto his bed. It's true, he said. Someone will be born with a weird birthmark shaped like an alligator tooth. Or there will be something else about them, and then one day they'll just be gone. You're not going to be eaten by an alligator, Howard, said Blue. Those other Montgomery's probably ran away from Murky Branch. Probably do it all the time in this family. Howard glared. I know what I'm talking about, and it's not an alligator. It's the alligator, the one from the story. He stalked over to the window and pulled up the blinds. So you have a weird birthmark somewhere, Blue said skeptically. Howard turned the window latch. Blue noticed that there was a small decoration on the wall right beside Howard's window. Wall caught Montgomery by himself staring up at a circle. The carvings must be all over the house. Not a birthmark, said Howard. In my case, it was my birth certificate. Your birth certificate said you were going to be swallowed by a golden alligator named Munch? Howard lifted the window and started fanning the flowery garbage smell outside. Sort of, he said. When I was born, the nurse got my name wrong. Howard Munchgummery. That was when everyone knew. Blue tried not to roll his eyes. Howard, a typo doesn't mean you're going to be eaten. It's not something I just made up. Howard's voice was tight. They say that cousin Norabelle went all the way to Australia, hoping to avoid Munch, and said she came back to Murky Brant's for just one night to be a bridesmaid at her sister's wedding, and when they went to wake her up the next morning, they saw the gator. They found mud and claw marks all over the room, and the only thing left to Norabelle was a crinoline. Blue hoped a crinoline was something like an appendix, not absolutely necessary for your continued good health. Maybe Norabelle was playing a joke on the family. Blue stacked the insane pain videos back on top of the television. Maybe she hated her sister and wanted to give her nightmares. Howard shook his head. Everyone knows it happens sometimes. Someone will be born without any apparent talent or curse, and then one day, gulp. Is that why your mom... Blue didn't know of a nice way to put it. Oh, she didn't want one of us messed up Montgomery kids. Howard said bitterly, slamming the window back down. She was hoping for some bright little starlet just like herself. Granny Eve won't even talk to her. But if everyone knew you were going to be munched on when you were born, then why? Howard stared out the window. It was always so depressing, you know. Even when I was a little kid, people would look at me and they would get sad. 
Then when I was six or so, Granny Eve made these miniature strawberry cupcakes for the twins' birthday. I started shoving them into my mouth as fast as I could, and I think it was Jenna who said, Wow, he really is a munchgummery. He pressed his forehead to the glass. I just thought how nice it would be if she was right, if I were one of the lucky ones. So I started to eat tons of food anytime anyone was watching me, and then they all got kind of hopeful. Pretty soon, I was stuffing my face all the time, and they finally decided that it could be a talent. Like maybe I was this eating machine who could just eat whatever, whenever, without any consequences. So you pretended it was true, said Blue? Well, you know, for a while I thought it might be. I wanted it to be. But then I ate four bowls of Frosted Flakes one morning, and it made me barf. Only by then, I couldn't tell anyone the truth. Because they'd stop looking at you like you were someone special, Blue said. Yeah. Howard turned back around. I wanted to be one of the special ones, but it was more than that. I don't want them all to worry about me. Blue couldn't imagine fooling people for that long. So you work out a lot? Sure, said Howard, flexing his arm so that his muscles stood out. I do enjoy it, but it also deflects suspicion. I try to eat a lot of protein and vegetables, and I have all these tricks. I hid eight pieces of French toast under my shirt once without anyone noticing. Gross. Yeah, and it's wasteful, said Howard. But if it keeps people from knowing the truth, I'm okay with that. Granny Eve doesn't need to be afraid for me on top of everything else. Howard, said Blue, suddenly remember, remembering the swamp cake eating contest. I'm doomed, Howard groaned. But I guess I always was.